BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're listening to Sci-Fi Wire's Days of Marvel podcast. On today's episode, it's day seven of our 15 days of, well, everything else. Stay tuned. And welcome to Sci-Fi Wire's Days of Marvel Podcast. I'm today's host, Karima, a.k.a. The Blur Girl. And unlike our previous sessions, instead of counting down to a movie release, we're just celebrating the wonderful and sometimes not so wonderful Marvel movies that we haven't covered yet. Each day, we tackle a different movie, re-explore the plot, and call out our favorite moments and discuss its place in the ever-growing world of Marvel. Today, I'm joined by my Sci-Fi Wire co-hosts, Brian Silliman and Danny Roth. Hello. Please state the nature of the punishing emergency. <laughs> what? what? Did you? Is Robert Picardo in this movie? Wouldn't, he, wouldn't it be great if he was? Robert Picardo as Frank Castle. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. At long last, a bald man as the Punisher. Come on, it's time. <laughs> it's time. How, no, how, wait. How big are your balls, called, industry? That's called the Hitman. Anyway, so <laughs> we also have Warvis along with us, our, our little cranky AI. Say hi to everybody, Warvis. Hey, guys. It's me. I'm back. And Warvis, since we're talking about the Punisher today, do us a favor and just tell us who created the character of Frank Castle and the Punisher storyline first? The creation of comic book characters is always tricky business, but the general consensus behind the creation of Frank Castle seems to be that it was created by Jerry Conway, with artist John Romita Sr. and Ross Andrew helping out, obviously overseen by publisher Stan Lee. Thank you, Warvis. Now, what we were supposed to do, the assignment, I guess, today was supposed to, uh, we were going to be discussing the first Punisher movie. What we realized right before we started recording was everybody here didn't have the same definition of the first Punisher movie. There is another. There is another. So (laughs) I thought, or two of us, Brian and I thought we were discussing the 2004 Thomas Jane Punisher movie. Well, you were right um, in the sense that, uh, did you you have this thing when you were a kid where uh, they, uh, they give you a sheet and it says at the top, Read all the directions first, mm-hmm. um, and use as directed, and and it's mm-hmm. and it's t- like twenty things, but mm-hmm. the twentieth thing is just put your pencil down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in fact the kid that didn't read all the directions; it just immediately started doing the twenty impossible things, mm-hmm. and eventually ten minutes in looked up and looked like an asshole. Uh, <laughs> and I did exactly this thing again because I didn't look at the sheet to see when 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 they said the movie that you're going to talk about is The Punisher, I assumed uh, the uh, released internationally in theaters, but not so much in the United States, 1989, Dolph Lundgren, uh, Punisher. Punishers of the universe. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and now it is <laughs> also I who with Frank Langella. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little mashup today. What uh, The one thing that is true across all Punisher universes is Frank Castle is ex-military and somebody, every time it's different, 
takes out his whole family in retribution for something that he's done. So death begets death and so on and so on. And he becomes a vigilante. Let's start with you, Danny. What What is the uh, impetus or how do they take out his family in the 1989 Dolph Lundgren film? Great question. It, it, it's a gang thing. They don't really show it. So in the original cut of the film, um, the first 15 minutes deal with him as Frank Castle in a pre-Punisher situation, but they don't really show any of it except in these very brief snippets that all got cut out of the film. Um, so basically what you know is that uh, his wife and two children uh, killed off in some kind of gang-related thing, and then they just skip ahead five years. And in those, and also, by the way, he, he's not... I don't know if they ever announced that he's military. He was a cop. He was he's a, cop. a He's okay. a cop in this one. Now he's an ex-cop, and uh, everybody thinks he's dead except for his partner, uh, who was, of course, by by Lou Gossett Jr., and uh, yeah, and during the five years that he's been hiding in the sewers like a ninja turtle, he's killed <laughs> like 200 gangsters. And that is when the movie picks up. It picks up five years after the fact where he has just been on a bloody path to getting revenge on every gangster ever, period. And you know what's interesting about that? And I, I said military because I think I was thinking of the Netflix one, but actually the 2004... Jonathan Hensley directed Frank uh, uh, Thomas Jane version. Frank is actually FBI. He's not military. He's they, FBI. They, they drop it in a little that he has military in background, his background. Yeah, yeah. But they drop it in so late in the movie because the you first forget th- who they're talking about. Yeah, it's like the first time we see him. He's it's Tom Jane. He's blonde and he's smoking a Virginia Slim. And he's undercover and he's using this really ba- and he's using this bad Russian accent. Why am I looking at the new face? And I was like, is this the Punisher's origin story? Because I'll admit, I, this is the first time I'd ever watched this movie. And then it's, no, he's very deep undercover. And then I'm like, well, I thought he was Army and we or Special Forces. And mm-hmm. we find out much later, yeah, that's how he's really good at all this stuff. But I was like, well, that would have been interesting to know earlier. It was really weird. I'm like, why is he dressed like Don Johnson? Um, from Miami Vice. <laughs> but he was playing an undercover Russian mobster. It was basically an FBI sting operation to get these arms dealers. And for some reason, his contact that evening, who has connections to John Travolta's character, Howard Saints, who's the baddie of the movie, for some reason, the connection shows up with Howard Saints' youngest son in tow, like trying yeah. to prove himself. And of course, as things go awry, there's a shootout and Saints son is killed grandpa's boat and there is the retribution saint then wants to go get revenge on everybody who and it's weird because you would think he would get revenge on everybody who tried who who killed his child yeah but when it's turned out that castle whose undercover character is killed on site not really killed obviously i'm I'm doing air quotes which hey you can't see his podcast um (laughs) <laughs> he is he is they were, were blank they were blanks and he wakes up and it's his last day on the job and he gets to go home to his wife it and, was one last job yeah exactly I mean, it's weird because it's like there were so many people involved in this operation absolutely and then we cut to uh he's one last job frank goes back to his family is like we're going to puerto rico and they're now it's like 
they're having an, an entire family reunion right. on this island. It's every single member of the castle clan. And there's like, right. I feel like 50 people. There are, because apparently Roy Scheider would not leave the <laughs> island that, that he yeah, was living yeah. on or it's something. Like it's like Roy Scheider's his father and, yeah. and really have a short conversation about guns. Because he's clearly some type of ex-military. Yeah, but Travolta doesn't care. Travolta's just like, I don't care how many people were involved. No, no, no. He actually just yeah, wanted I just want Castle. Frank. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, his wife. And then uh, Laura Herring, with the most dramatic veil reveal ever, says something like, His family. His whole family. And they quite literally do. This is, they, they don't, I guess they don't reveal it. They don't show too much of it in the Lundgren movie. But in this one, you see all of it. Yeah, I mean, you see most of it. The only thing they don't show you are because it was still uh, 2004. They don't show the his child dying. Yeah. He only has one kid in, in our, in our movie too. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a massacre. And they, it's an hour and 45 minute massacre. Yeah. That's it's like a, something out of a grand theft auto mission. Actually, of these gangsters. That's, a, it, they, it, that's actually really, really um, accurate. And it's, and it's, and not just that it's weird because the, the other people that are involved in this uh, movie are also Will Patton. And that'll be important later who plays uh, Howard Saints. Uh, he plays Quentin Glass, Howard Saints consigliere. And he's also sort of his henchman. And they just keep calling him a masochist. But they're all killing everybody. Yeah, it, and, and enjoying it. It's right. like, okay, where's more family members also, hiding? Also, wouldn't that make them sadists? Well, they call him that too, but that's we'll get there. It's like, they're just, <laughs> uh, oh, there's some hide, there's some a woman and some kids hiding under this veranda, just oozy them all. It's right. like, were they castle family members? Who cares? That was the thing. There was a guy on a boat out, yeah. in, the, out in the water. And I'm, and I'm like, like I how don't do th- they know? It's that like that the one castle member's like, I know how I'm going to get out of here, this boat. And they're like, nope. And I feel like they just murder an entire beach just to be sure. Well, yeah, and also that's the other strange thing Except about this the entire- one guy that manages to survive despite being shot many times in the chest and well, yeah. Blown up. That's the thing. And he it, gets you, he gets blown off the pier, and his you know it's very clear that because basically the gangsters do fa- uh, catch up with Castle. They shoot him in both legs. They shoot him in the chest. Apparently not in the heart because they don't know where that is. I don't know. Be, they beat the crap. They out beat, of him. beat the crap out of him, and then they and then they blow up the pier. But he falls into the water. The explosion pushes him into the water, and then cue the opening Bond credits. No, no, no. <laughs> cue the bald black man. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yes. Black man uh, ama- yes, amazing that both films have yes. this have have a character of this type well everyone needs a bald black man to save them because that's what they do yikes and then they also need to get shot first but that's a different movie I mean you can sum (laughs) up and then the the rest of the plot can pretty much be summed up by a Marvel quote which is you know should have gone for the head it's it's so funny shoot him in the head nobody shoots anyone in the head it's like it's for one thing and then the other one is just from Arrested Development, I, every time I was he opened his mouth, I just thought he was going to say, "I just want my kids back." Yeah, because that's pretty much the movie. And it's like yeah. and you get it, and it's he's like, and and the portrayal of I, did they have much PTSD? Did they have your Frank going through PTSD in the nineteen eighty nine? Yeah, he never. So he doesn't sleep well. Mm. Uh, every time he goes to sleep, uh, he has a flashback and then wakes up and is upset. You know, he wakes up and he's like booby troop or whatever it is that they say in the Kevin Smith movies. But you, you, you get booby troop. You get the little flashback, but you didn't actually. Are those are those new flashbacks because you didn't see. They don't. They didn't. Yeah, they never really. They just kind of give you these weird nightmare glimpses. Also, I think and very important to know is uh, he definitely. I think he goes for the head. I seem to recall him doing that. His because the whole opening of the film uh, is that he's killing the gangsters. And he's killed so many of them that now um, this guy, uh, Johnny Franco, 
who is way at the top of the food chain has to come back to the town, to come back to New York. Uh, which former by, head of the Franco family? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and by the way, it's uh, it's shot in New Zealand, and it's shot to be New York. And it, I don't, I don't want to surprise you. It doesn't look like New York. Uh, but yeah, he he murders some people, real real dead, and then he goes to the sewer and is naked and talks to God for a while. Come on, God, answer me. For years, I'm asking you why. Why are the innocent dead and the guilty alive? They do a whole thing where they're they're doing the camera around the sewers, and uh, and they and then they land on his on on him sitting down naked uh, from behind. You can see the crack of his butt, and he's and he's talking to God about about uh you know, but why why is it that the innocent die and that the and that uh, and the guilty go go on to live? You know, why is it that why why God? Why, is that why I exist? Am yeah, they, I, do why I exist to punish God. on your behalf? Yeah, there's God, there's God talk on ours too. Like when said bald black man, his name is Condelario, by the way, and he is con- the only re- the only reference to him that they make is that he's a witch doctor because bald black man on an island. Um, he did you says, call him and did he tell you what to do? <laughs> <laughs> he's he says. Dios, castle. Go with God. God's gonna sit this one out. Um, which I feel like everybody in the early 2000s was saying, which is basically like, God be with you. And he says, go God's God. gonna, go with God. Go with God. God yeah. God's, God, God's going to sit this one out. And you're yeah. like, oh, so there's a lot of Except one-liners like that. Not as much gravitas as you just gave it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but your, your reading was slightly better. Sorry. But like 40 minutes into our film, uh, the 2004 film, and he's the Punisher. It sounds yeah. like from the credits rolling, he was Punisher. Well, we saw oh, yeah, we're Yeah, we're right in on it. So he's he's got a... Um, He's got an ex-partner. That's mm-hmm. Lou Gossett Jr. Uh, character's name is Jake Berkowitz. Everybody thinks the Punisher is dead. Everybody thinks Frank. Well, everyone thinks Frank Castle is dead. People know that Punisher exists, um, but you know they don't want people to know. They don't want the cops talking about the Punisher. And they all only Lou Gossett Jr. believes that Frank Castle is the Punisher. Everybody gotcha. thinks, thinks that Frank Castle is dead. And the Punisher, in fact, uh, does constantly say Frank Castle is dead. You know. Probably worth pointing out that Dolph uh, Lundgren is—they uh, just make him look like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> That's it. Like like Circa Cobra, Sylvester Stallone, wow. and also he. Ne- this is and the major point of contention with this movie is that he never wears a shirt with a skull on it. Never happens. There's no skull shirt. He, oh, we, does, we have, he does in this one. He does in this one because when, of course, because we're on an island with one black man, the uh, the son before he dies, he they goes and goes into town, and someone said that this shirt that has a skull is a, a protective spell, and so please hold on to this. And then, of course, um, he's after, a witch doctor slash t shirt salesman. Yes, yeah. basically. Better, and to, so, better to have two businesses. <laughs> but there are so many more scenes that are that that are <laughs> and, problematic. And he for dramatically us. finds the shirt in the yes. dirt, and he doesn't call himself the Punisher until I the think end. the very last line. Also, it's the like, shirt is like the transition because he lifts the shirt up. Yeah, and looks at it, and then he lowers it and drops his cane, throws his cane to right. Candelaria, and, and, then, then like, and he he goes and then I feel like starts his mission of vengeance, yeah, and then goes to the cops and yeah. it's like you're not doing anything. Whereas originally it's like he goes to the cops, it's like what are you going to do? And it's and he has cop friends in this one, and they're like, we can't do anything. Sorry, Bob. He's like, well then I'll do something. Here he but, does. But a until lot. that point, he was and dead. Then, and they thought yeah. he was dead. So it's like the same and like he just little moment. Pops of, up on the steps. Yeah, of and the courthouse. It's never get the Punisher. It's all get Frank Castle. Yeah, who is wearing this long coat, 
and a Punisher T-shirt. That and a Punisher and oh, a yeah, Punisher a T-shirt. For, for 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 mine for Dolph, it's um, he's got like a leather jacket, but a short one and a motorcycle that he drives around the sewer. So what's in yours? Since he's already like, I guess he's not getting retribution for the gang that killed his family. In I yours, mean, he's what's, to, he, I think what's that basically the... his ongoing thing is just he wants to murder every mobster that there is until they're all dead, and at that point, it's 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 mission accomplished. So there isn't is it levels of baddies like a video game that he's taking out, or is there one guy so that he's, he's going for? He's, I mean, so he's he's taken out a bunch of crime bosses, and now, as I said, this guy uh, Johnny Franco comes in, and he's way up at the top he's the one crime boss to rule them all that's right um, <laughs> he is he is the punisher's precious so, <laughs> so so but a problem arises and this is so i think that this story is kind of in a in a very loose sense based on the original um punisher mini series uh which is called circle of blood wherein the punisher is dealing with uh mafia stuff but then he discovers a greater issue a larger issue um, that is bigger than the, the mob that he's been dealing Systemic with. Systemic capitalism. Uh, I wish. <laughs> Would be great. It's a great one for 2019. Can't wait for the next Punisher movie. I'm sure it'll be all about that. <laughs> Late stage capitalism. It's all about numbers. Everyone will love it. Uh, so in this movie, it is that a another crime syndicate has come in to take over all of the other crime syndicates, and that crime syndicate is the Yakuza. For some reason, the Yakuza have come to quote New York, New Zealand. Uh and they New York, New Zealand. Yes. They invade La Florian. Yeah. <laughs> so they yes. And, and the thing is if anybody was reading the comics, they could have at least made them the hand or something. Oh, right. And oh. that's a that's a big thing is that they don't make it the hand. That's there's nobody really from this uh, in this movie that references anything to the Marvel comics. Like same, I said, same I, with ours. It, fe- yeah. it feels almost... Well, no. Two X-Men show up, le- but that's later. Yeah. Oh, also- no, that's true. That's, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. It, 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 for me, it's a stretch to say Circle of Blood, but only because I, I, I had to think they must have tried from something somewhere because the reason why, and, and by the way, other than uh, Howard the Duck, there are no other Marvel movies prior to this one. So it's kind of the first Marvel superhero movie. Uh, the 1989 Cor- before Corman's Fantastic Four. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it it, it this is it, before it Blade. It. it predates Blade. And so the thing is that Punisher, just to give you the background, was pretty popular in the 1980s. So he had existed prior. Obviously, he was in Spider-Man comics, a couple other places, but he didn't get his own book until 1986, and it was a five-issue series called Circle of Blood, and. It did very well, despite the fact that everyone at Marvel was so nervous that they didn't even promote it. But it did well enough that by 1987, they gave him an ongoing. And the ongoing was such such a success that they then gave him a second ongoing book. And then they did a whole bunch of uh, graphic novels that would come out every year. And they had annuals, as you do. And so by 1989, in a way, Punisher was kind of at his peak. He was hugely, hugely, hugely popular in the Marvel Universe, especially for a guy that, as I said, when they first started putting his book out, they didn't promote it because it was so violent. Uh, So I have to believe, have to believe that somebody somewhere in that production, because Stanley was involved uh, with the movie at some point, he was he was like a producer in some capacity uh, and then felt kind of weird about the movie after the fact. But somebody had to have been aware of of what was happening in those comic books. So I'm choosing to believe that somebody read Blood Circle at some point and tried to incorporate the basic concept. But yes, so the Yakuza is there and the Yakuza is going to take over all the other gangs and they are much worse, much deadlier. And so the Punisher has to kind of team up with the gangsters 
in a way because all of the gangsters that are not the Yakuza, uh, they all, to be put in line, had their kids kidnapped. The Yakuza has kidnapped all the kids, and that is... Uh, you know, put to them put them in a circus train. To put it in in like, 2019 terms, uh, the Punisher is triggered. Hashtag triggered because because children because children. That's his big thing. He's really upset about the kid thing, so he feels that he has to go and rescue these kids, and he feels that he has to team up with the the gangsters to a degree. And by that, I mean Johnny Franco. That they're going to have to go and and rescue his son because Johnny Franco's son they they saved a bunch of the other kids but Johnny Franco's son um is still being kept Tommy Franco who's this young kid is is still being captured so he and uh the head of the one mob and his buddy the cop played by Lugasa Jr and also the actor there's an actor there's an actor who plays an actor in this movie they've all teamed up and that ca- that character's name is Shake he's a drunk actor who I guess is like in the CD underbelly. What a, what is, oh, he'd be he'd be really useful fighting Yakuza and trying to get kids back and all that stuff. I, the the interesting thing about this uh, uh, the 2004 movie is that your movie sounds like it, everything was like him doing the punishing that would happen after our movie. Yeah, but our movie was definitely still the and I'm saying our like because we own this we don't 2004 yeah. the 2004 Punisher yeah. was definitely more of his origin story and also getting back at the people who killed his family specifically Howard Saint and Howard Saint trying to basically uh take him out which isn't working and, take and out Frank Frank Castle yeah, and not Frank, the Punisher no, nobody no, knows no, what nobody the Punisher knows, is because yeah, the Punisher doesn't technically exist yet yeah they just think oh Frank Castle likes to dress like he's out of the Matrix and right. that skull shirt and uh, and he moves into this like a, apartment building and it's it's not abandoned it's basically like you know low rent and this is where I said the X-Men yeah, show up. Yeah, you got Ben Foster, Rebecca Romaine, mm-hmm. and the other one. Uh, and the other one, yeah, I can't remember the other <laughs> yeah. one either. But Rebecca Romaine, for those of you who don't remember, is was Mystique, yep. was Mystique and the and X-Men. X, X2 and X, and then the last and Ben And uh, Ben Foster uh, plays Backer Day, but he was Angel in Last Stand. Weird. And so you could forget. Yeah, and he and he had all the piercings, and there's a famous torture scene where they like pull all the piercings out. But but he the, doesn't talk. He doesn't talk. He because, doesn't crack because Frank is family. Yeah. Um, Hashtag family. The uh, the only call <laughs> the only callbacks that are uh, kind of like in the in the comics are actually his rogues gallery. So two people show up, which I thought was really weird. Harry Heck, who. <laughs> basically uh, plays guitar, sings to him in a diner, and yeah, sings to him uh, how he's going to kill him, and then goes off to kill him. Um, the actor, uh, Mark Colley, played him. He, I think he's giving us his best young Danny Trejo impression as he can. Um, and Harry Heck was actually Harry Thornton, and first showed up in Punisher Volume Five around 2000. So this is, I think, part of that that run, that spinoff run in the early 2000s, where they're like, give you know, have Punisher fight everybody. And in that run, uh, he's hired by the Gnucci family, which is basically, I think, the the com- comic book version of John Travolta's family, yeah, to take out you know the Punisher. And it's crazy. They're on a bridge, also. Just a little, uh, they had another little nod to the comic on the bridge right before their fight. His, uh, when Frank pulls up and, and stops because the bridge is still raised, his license plate says year one. So it's sort of yelling, call out to this is his origin story. 
listening to 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 the the other movie kind of it was made me thought at the end of this one that it's like we get it, it's direct like completely uh timeline wise it's like beginning middle end and it's like only at the end he's like well that revenge felt good yeah i'm this is who i'm gonna be now yeah and it was all just revenge at this one at all singularly at john travolta and everyone to do with him right and then he's like that felt good now it's time for everybody right whereas and and if you and if we forgot the if, hour if we, and 45 if we were watching ncis i'm sorry if yeah. we were watching criminal minds yeah. this would be uh a criminal escalating yeah, <laughs> that's what's happening. <laughs> and, and it's in case we forgot the huge, you know, inciting incident of his family being killed. He flashes back to it at least twice during during his benders. Yeah, it's like so. Wow, we just saw that fifteen minutes ago. It's like I do remember. Yeah, but, we we know that this happened. So if anything, I think the uh, an approach that uh, like and rarely is this the case because I love a good origin story. Mm-hmm. But it's like the the Punisher is already a thing. Who who's the Punisher? Who are we gonna deal with? And then we get a flashback later, kind of Batman eighty nine style of like, oh, that's his origin or something. That's what happened to him. That's why he's like this. Yeah, it's I like don't why know. is he like this? Something, oh, that's yeah, why. Yeah. Something like that would have been a little more elegant. Yeah, because it, things. Another thing that's from the comic that is also not elegant. Okay, the, the Rus- red, red stripe. The guy. Russian, and it's funny because when he came in, he literally was dressed exactly like he was introduced in one of the comics, and it was hilarious because. That was one of the most ridiculous scenes ever because he uh, just had this awkward Thanksgiving dinner with Rebecca Rome, with with Mystique and Angel and the other guy. This is found found family. It's like, and she t- he tells Rebecca Romaine Romain is into him, and he says, "You're not going to find what you're looking for." Yeah, and it's and, like and, I'm not the and, guy. And he's she's all happy because he beat the crap out of her like yeah. crazy crazy ex boyfriend. Um, and then but they, they have the, they, this, they they put on opera. Which doesn't make any sense. They're playing Pavarotti and dancing around the house and, <laughs> and cannot hear that Frank is literally getting his re- bell rung by this gigantic to, dude. To, to scored by the, the, the music. Yes. And it is so goofy. It is. In the middle of this movie that is so super serious. Yeah. But it doesn't quite work. What, like when he was beating him with the toilet? That didn't work? Yeah, I mean, when the yeah. Russian literally picked well, up a toilet? Well, you say it like that, <laughs> of course it works. I mean, I hadn't thought of it from that point of view. So wait, you wait. make a good point. And the other thing that was crazy about that scene is, clearly, Joan, who is Rebecca Romain's character, yeah. clearly no one should be eating her cooking because they don't notice this fight until the Russian and Frank come flying in their front door and land next to the stove and Frank picks up whatever she's cooking on, on the stove and throw it in his face, which begins to melt. Yeah. So y'all were going to eat that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, it's so like, you're saying it wasn't like a Julia Child recipe. No, I'm thinking. No, it's her, it's her family recipe for acid. <laughs> and she's oh. just basically had, like, she's like, like I always got great, a little I uh, got a stew going on over here and Rebecca Romain no I'm really kind of disappointed that I didn't watch this movie I'm, I'm really enjoying this description <laughs> I'm disappointed I didn't watch yours and also here's the other thing all these sidekicks do come to Frank's I think if there was a theme in this movie, it would be family. It sounds like the theme in uh, your version was save the children. Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 a, there's also a found family thing because he's he's been living off the grid for so long, and uh, and and Lou Gossett Jr. was sort of a his partner, but b also a bit of a father figure to him. Uh, we and- never see his former partner again, aside from accosting them on the steps. Like yeah, his former no. cop pals are no help at all. No, they're not. They co- and that yeah, there's definitely like the cops are inept in this whole thing. Yeah. So they like got, so there's so basically seconds. you've got so there's Lugasa Jr. and um and Shake are his family and then also um uh Lugasa Jr. is another as a new partner um who's this woman Sam Leary 
who I guess could also kind of be buddies with everybody else. But yeah, he's yeah, his whole thing is that he wants to save kids and uh and I mean, don't we all? In the end, how does he save the kids? Um he gets a bunch of them in a bus and then he he and And then uh, it's speed. And Je- and Jenny and Jenny Franco <laughs> go up to save the the last of everybody, uh who at that point is the is I think the one kid and I think also Lugasa Jr. has been kidnapped by the Yakuza at this point. So they, so just the two. Oh, I, forget, I watched Wait, it once. So it's already gone. He's being tortured. Like the, he's the one. There is, that I'm there not is. A, talk. Oh, there is a torture scene. There is a weird where they stretch the Punisher. They stretch him. Do you think I give a shit? Oh, and there's like a really weird scene where he puts the the guy who was stretching him. They put him in the stretcher, and for some reason, he's wearing ladies' heels. And they don't explain why the man is wearing, like pumps it's just there is one where well no our guy wasn't stretched um frank has somebody and and convinces them that he's gonna he's torturing them but it's with a popsicle i'm not gonna tell you oh my yeah he's like he burned he's like has this whole speech about this blowtorch and what it does and then and how your nerve endings burn off and all you feel is cold before you smell burning ain't science fun yeah and he's like searing meat behind the guy and then using a popsicle to stick on his skin so he the guy thinks like oh my god that's my skin burning and Jemison just screams like he's and then he's who the Punisher uses in his grand plan of manipulation because he's on the inside yeah so most a, a good portion of the Punisher's punishment is actually like via manipulation via Eddie Jemison and yeah. blackmail through um hey one of your guys glass, is gay through glass. And, and Laura Herring is being unfaithful to you. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a very bizarre like I that is definitely one thing that stopped me in my tracks for a second. I was like, "Wait, cuz when he called when he when Frank is like using the the voice changer to call Quentin Glass played by Will Patton. Um also this is like the second time I've, I remember seeing Will Patton in a role where he was gay and didn't want anybody to know, but I have to remember what the other movie was. It's like he a, was it's just like a that joke. guy of the moment. Yeah, so he, so it's like he's blackmailing him. So he can basically the point is he gets Glass to show up at different places by threatening to expose that he's gay to like the media, and then the <laughs> and then the really weird thing is he's the only person that. Uh, Travolta's character, Howard Saint, trusts with his wife because he's super, super jealous. So I'm thinking, oh, he trusts him because he knows he's gay yeah. and he doesn't think he's going to sleep with her. But in the end, one of the big manipulation things that Castle does is convince Saint that Glass and his wife are sleeping together, which is so bizarre to me. And then he offs them both he, he throw he, he ki- i forget how he kills glass but i know he throws he stabs him, he, he he stabs means a, him he's right. talking to him and he's like oh i know what you did and he's like, and, yeah. and glass has been his buddy for so long he's like yeah. i don't know what you're joking it doesn't take much at. of a push from eddie jemison it's no. like and then he travolta immediately believes it stabs glass then picks up laura herring throws her onto train tracks and the train comes and and, and wheels her over immediately, like yeah. something out of Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then he's like, okay, time to get Frank Castle. And by the end, Castle just like before he pops Travolta, throws some photos. He's like, oh, made, by the way, I made you kill your friend. Your wife, I made you kill your wife. Yeah. He was gay and she was faithful. It's like, and now I'm going to have you drugged by a car and light you on fire and explode every car. That's the other thing, yes. (laughs) The ending of this movie is absolutely ridiculously epic for no reason. Yeah. 
they he it's, not it's only the light up double D's from Daredevil, yeah, but th- to the next level. Exactly. It's how long did it take you to set that up? It was the most insane thing. He basically, yes, he shoots him, doesn't kill him, kind of like what they did to him before, then ties him to the to the back of his back of a car, a which limousine. apparently a limousine, which is apparently <laughs> being controlled remotely, and and makes that limousine drive through the parking lot of Saints and Sinners, which is like the building he owns. Subtle. Yeah, I know. And then as the car is passing all the other cars in the parking lot, which may or may not be owned by- yeah. one <laughs> by of them was like, mine. <laughs> it's like, oh, and it's just, I, just, I, I saved them my whole life for this car. And, and then, then it's like, and it's what? Because, exactly, now it's on fire. Yeah. So the, And then literally as he's being dragged, he's blowing up these cars. Just so you can see the shot of Frank Castle walking with fire behind him. And there's just, all these cars just start exploding. And then- Finally, of course, the car that is dragging Saint explodes. And then when you pull up, it's the big Punisher symbol because he had time to basically do that. And the cars just decided, okay, we're going to, guys, we, it's like a band, a, yeah. a marching band where they spell out a word or yeah. something. And we're just, we can't, the fire can't go past here or else that won't look like a skull. Exactly. So it's like so yeah. those these like my your neighbor's car was saved, but yeah. yours is gone. Yeah. So yeah, it was just it was, in was, case any of them. What was were the saved most cars? ridiculous? I mean, there was a lot of ridiculous scenes, but what was the most ridiculous? Uh, like, how did yours end? How did he take oh, out the boy. Yakuza? Was there fire? Uh, no, there was not fire. Let me just say a couple of quick things. One, this movie, I think, I don't know if if they thought they were being progressive or what what the story was, but um, the, the Yakuza was run by a woman. Uh, her name was uh, Lady Tanaka. And uh, and then her right hand was also a woman, and uh, that character is never named. She's just Tanaka's daughter, and Tanaka's daughter, for some reason, is a blonde white girl. I don't know what that's about. She's adopted, I guess. I don't know, but it's very weird. Uh, and they do have a scene that's pretty wacky. <laughs> it honestly sounds like Silox origin Tanaka's story. Tanaka's but... daughter sounds like a song like from the '90s. No, but it's literally Silox origin story. So here's the so here you did it. So the whole thing it's a prequel it to X Men Apocalypse. It is basically. That's the worst thing anyone's ever said. So oh, I doubt that. Uh, we'll beat it's, it. It's up there. It's up there. We'll so, beat it. So there are two there are two things that are kind of hilarious. One, so Lady Tonica sets up a meeting with all the gangsters. You guys got to all come out and take this meeting. And all the gangsters agree to go except for Johnny Franco. Please tell me there's at least one Dick Tracy gangster there. There is not. However, uh, missed opportunity. However, <laughs> uh, Lonnie Tupu is one of the is one of the gangsters, otherwise known as Byler Crace from Farscape. Uh, I wow. spotted him immediately. Uh, he doesn't really talk much on account of, oh, I'll surprise you, but you know, he doesn't sound like he's from New York at all. So everybody, including him, shows up except for Johnny Franco, who's the head gangster. And so Lady Tanaka shows up and goes, oh, Johnny didn't show up. And they're, and they're like, yeah. And she says, uh, that was smart. And then every other person in the restaurant is all on the take from the Yakuza. And they kill everybody that's there except for the main guys who have just taken a sip of some kind of wine, which was poisoned, and then they all die. So kind of Sherlock Holmes' Game of Shadows ripped that whole thing off from this Punisher movie? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm glad you picked up what I was throwing down, Brian. J'accuse. Uh, so, <laughs> so that happens, and that's ridiculous. And then the other ridiculous thing is um, is just the... I, so they brutally murder everybody at the end of the movie. I'm, uh, I'm be- astonished. Because, because Punisher... <laughs> So Hashtag everyone gets punished. punished. The, yeah, the Punisher and, and Johnny <laughs> just Franco. Just call him a murderer. I mean, it's just yeah. there, there's not much punishment. You're just dead. 
I Who mean, knows look, what comes this is after true. that. If it was, if he was a true punisher, these people would be alive. Yeah, they would have like, learned their lesson. I'm going to punish you. So you learn your sometimes lesson. through like Jemison fed manipulation. It's like let him live with that a little bit. <laughs> Instead, it's like punish for about five seconds before you're tied to cargo. Boom. Mm-hmm. There you go. But yeah, no, they, they go up to the to the. To the to, to the building where the Yakuza are, that being the Punisher and uh, Johnny you just, Franco. You just said that phrase. I just want to point that out. <laughs> That's something you just said. And, Wait, and say it again? Yeah. So I, where, where do I they won't. go? They go into ah. the building where the Yakuza are. <laughs> Is that what I is that not what I said? They're the all with are they at Helm's Deep at this point? Yeah, there you go. They go they go in there. There's a plan of some kind, but really most most of the plan is that Frank Castle slash the Punisher and Johnny Franco are just going to like open up the elevator doors and then there are going to be all these Yakuza in geese doing, I don't know, kata and they all get wiped out, all of them immediately, except for basically the last two, the, that being uh, Lady Tanaka and Tanaka's daughter, who are the last two that they have to fight. Meanwhile, Lou Gossett Jr. in the best scene in the entire movie has been captured and he's in handcuffs and uh, this gangster is, is saying, uh, you know, like you're gonna stay here with me, and he and he's and Lou Gossett Jr. is like, I gotta go to the bathroom, man. And he he's like, all right. Uh, and he said, but you gotta uncuff me unless you want to like work my piece, man. Like you're like, who, 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 who do you want to do the aiming on this situation? Do it in your pants, see? So instant out. So there is there there actually that is how it gets introduced. That is how it gets introduced. He does tell him to pee in his pants, and then Lou Gossett Jr. says, do you want to explain to your boss why this chair is covered in in piss? Well, she goes to show what you know. That's actually my number one priority for the day. <laughs> hey, boss, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's, That's why they call me number one. Louis <laughs> <laughs> Casachunia pissed his pants, and I was here to see everything. That's right. <laughs> Yep. Why are you talking like that, man? Wow. Okay, jump ship on this pants. This is the coolest. <laughs> All the cool kids be there. Anyway, I don't know why. What? What? I, they would have lived. That's look. Here's the bottom line. They let they let Lucas Jr. out of the cuffs. He beats the guy up, and you think that's fun, but that's not the end of that scene. Because oh, for yeah. some reason, the scene persists for a couple seconds longer, just in time for another gangster to walk in with the pizza. And he says, got the pizza. <laughs> and then look at it, Junior just punches him clean through the, 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 the pizza pie, right in the face. The guy keels over, passed out. And then Lou Gossett Jr. reaches down, picks up a slice and puts it in his mouth and walks See, away. You know, it's the best scene in the whole movie. You know, there's a way to top it is if it wasn't a gangster, if it was just the pizza delivery guy oh, that just been showing amazing. up. And he's completely innocent. Yeah. And in this movie, no one's innocent. Not even people who deliver pizza. No, it made me instantly think of uh, of Spider Man Two. Oh, oh pizza he time. stole that guy's pizza. pizza. Yeah. yeah, my favorite line in the entirety of Spider Man Two. I'm not paying for these. Did you have any? Like, there were so many moments in this that that were over the top. Like when he starts his revenge thing. One of my favorite was when he's literally got the biggest compound bow I've ever seen in my entire life, and he's using it indoors on a guy that's like eight feet away. Is there? Is, yeah. is there anything like that? There's just a lot of oozy stuff. Um, no, the part that like I really Rambo style. I really, yeah, kind of. But it actually gets kind of serious at the end. That's what's wild is that it, the the ending point is they save uh, Franco's kid, but the whole deal is that Franco and, and the Punisher hate each other. So they know as soon as they've taken care of the Yakuza, they're going to try and duke it out. Only one, only, you know, two men enter, one man leave. The Punisher eventually wins out because he's the movie's about him. 
and he murders Franco in front of his son. Dad, get off him! And then the son, and he drops the gun because this is another thing about the Punisher in this movie is that whatever guns he's got, he just kind of throws them on the ground and leaves always. He just, he loves leaving those weapons lying around because he's got an infinite supply of guns. Not just that, nobody apparently is running prints on anything. Yeah, it's a, I mean, classic. And now ours was a little bit different. Ours, he killed his second son in front of him in a very bizarre, like he left him with this pressure bomb that looked an awful lot like a mouse on an HP computer from 2002. Yeah, and and Travolta's like, you killed my son. And then we hear a boom and he goes, you killed my son. That was not supposed to be that's funny. Weird. Yeah, that's weird. He's, he's and then done he, at that They point. try to have a serious moment at the end, and, you know, just uh, just spoiler alert, there are some a lot of talk of, if you're going to watch this movie, PTSD and suicide and things like that, but you think he's actually, when he's complete completed his quote-unquote mission, he does look like, I mean, he's got the gun out and everything. You think he's going to kill himself. And then, and then the Punisher? He, yeah. yeah. And then there's this B-roll of- The wife. Well, I'm assuming it's just B-roll. That's like, do we have any more shots of the wife? <laughs> Get there, put them in there, put some sheen on it. It's like, yeah, sure thing, boss. It is, this dude, put she's like holding up her hand on the to say stop. And it's like, and he doesn't kill himself. But, uh, but instead, too- he pees his pants. <laughs> pees his right. pants. Right. Smash cut to credits. Somebody wants me. <laughs> that's I, that's my my hope. There, there, I have I have to mention two things about this movie. The, the one is you could, I swore like because I think Travol- John Travolta is a, a good actor when he's given good material. Yeah. Like, um, he, he's not really given good. He's given no. nothing to work with in this. And no, I when think, he looks like he's, they look like they dressed him yeah, from a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, and he's kind of trying, and it, and then you can pinpoint them. I feel like the moment where Travolta realizes, yeah, he's just this it is in. not going to be a hit, and yeah. it's right after he dumps. Uh, his wife on the train tracks yeah. and they're in the car and he has this moment where he just kind of lifts up and chews a bit of his fingernail and he's like take us back to the house or whatever and he's just like he has this monologue in the car about vengeance or whatever and he just doesn't care and yeah. it's kind of the best part of the movie because he's just throwing it away <laughs> and then and it leads into my favorite line it's like well where's your wife and he goes she took the train and it's for a moment it's like that's Got not you. quite a train exploding but yeah that's not quite face-off quality but it's getting there at this point i would i was reaching for lifelines and that's what i jumped onto i have to mention the score to this movie which is by carlos ciliotti uh ciliotto i'm so i'm so sorry mr ciliotto and if i'm saying that wrong i'm embarrassed but it's so operatic and spaghetti western and almost like batman and it does it's it's a good score and it's good music but it really doesn't fit punisher at all there's this suit up sequence before he goes on his major final punishing where he's just guns guns in the woods and it's got a frank castle uh i once learned this like the last words of frank castle in the woods and it seriously sounds like the a team are about to shoot up uh to suiting up or whatever a montage like that and i swear it ends with and like the final gun is in his thing and it's just so the the tone it's that to me is like the tone of this movie i have no idea what they didn't it is because it's just a little bit of everything and nothing at the same time and 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 tropes on tropes 
on top of tropes. Oh, it's just like so many tropes. It's a trope salad. It, it, no, it is. Just... It's like even the moment when he's like killing the two henchmen in the in the in the building. They're in the lobby, and they all are wearing their long black trench coats because that's what was on sale at Burlington that yeah. year. <laughs> um, they they and they're all standing there, and he goes like it's an OK Corral thing. They all like show oh, their gun. That happens twice. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Is this? There's no wet. It's like there's not. No, and it's it's like it's like. And then there's a trope salad, and then someone puts raisins in it. It's like nobody likes that. It's like can you not? Brian has feelings about this. Okay, I swore so, I wasn't going to get this uppity about it. No, but no, just, but I mean wait, it is very wait. problematic. I just want to say that my movie comes very close to being great at the end. Does it really? Yeah. I think that the ending is solid. I think is this solid. weekend we need to go watch you, his movie. Here, so here's, I, I think here, I need to watch here's it right a, here's, now. A, here's what I'm going <laughs> to sell you on. So he kills the he kills the guy, right? The, guy, the, the, the lead gangster guy. And the son is there. The son, Tommy Franco. And he drops the gun. And Tommy Franco picks up the gun. And, you know, is, is obviously upset because he's just watched his father be murdered. A cycle of violence continues. So, so the kid. Kill Bill the 3. Ki- the kid is, says, I'm going to kill you. And the Punisher gets down on his hands and knees and says, okay, I'll help you. And he puts the gun up against his own head. He says, do it. Go ahead. And what's interesting is that there's kind of a similar thing. How from, old is this kid? Again? He's very young. He's probably, you know, I would say about twelve, maybe thirteen. He's, oh, okay. I was. I'm picturing like a four year old. Oh no, he's he's, he's oh he's, god. He's, like with he's, a, it's like, can you even hold? He's definitely okay. double digits. He's, I mean, at youngest, he's ten. Okay, that's a. It's still a disturbing image. First but. of all, <laughs> every gun in every iteration of Frank Castle, every gun that he's ever carried is the size of a four-year-old. Yeah, so I don't true. know how this child is going to pick oh, up a gun. Oh, he's lifting it up like one of those <laughs> giant novelty crayons, and he's. <laughs> you can't even lift that cannon, kid. But yeah, yeah so um, in Circle of Blood, the comic, there is a an older son of mm. of one of the gangsters. So this is why I think this is the thing that's paralleled. But the kid is not able to do it, and. Uh, the Punisher basically says, uh, you know, you don't have to be like your father. You can be, a, you're a good kid and you can be a good man. So lead a good life. And I won't have to kill you too. Yeah. <laughs> how, does he, how does he know? And if you don't, I'll come back and murder you. And that is literally how he ends it. No, he, he doesn't. And he, and he goes, and if you don't, I'll always be in the shadows. And I go, and, and you'll be old as hell. Like, but that actually is a good Punisher line. It's like, if I see you being me, I'm going to come back and you're going to bo- be the next one to come he's after. He's the boogeyman. And that I kinda like kind that. of like that. And we thing. have just done the script for Old Man Punisher. Yes. Now. <laughs> but, but what's so weird about it is that he does that and then it's right back to the sewer where he's naked and there's his butt crack again. The I, same I, shot, they reused the butt crack shot. I'm not done punishing or being naked in the sewer. Yeah. I'm old man Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, yeah, they, and they, and as they, and they, say, yeah, as they, as they zone in on that butt crack, you hear, mm, teenage mutant. No, oh don't. my God. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So here's here's the thing. There, we have more Punisher movies to get there. I don't know how two of you going to do this. Um, but moving forward, we're not going to obviously talk about this, these two movies' contribution to the MCU because technically they didn't. Like It, it no. feels like everything was rebooted later and I don't think anybody's really looking at either Dolph Lundgren or Thomas Jane as the quintessential Punisher except for Adi Shankar. Uh, the director who did Castlevania and that he does the bootleg universe. He did mm. like that the power, that dark Power Rangers movie and stuff like that. He does a version. Yeah, Dirty Laundry. Dirty Laundry. That is super, honestly, it's shot really well. Super violent. Um, again, tropey. I was like, come on, Adi. Especially because in, in, in Castlevania, which again, I'm, I'm amazed at how great the animated Castlevania, yes, right? Yeah. yeah, I was amazed at how good that is. Yeah, and that's not tropey. If anything, no. like I feel like that surpasses all that 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 it, stuff. It does. I did like his Power Rangers, Dark. I guess we'll say um, the one with Katie Sackhoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. Oh yeah, I wanted that to Dawson. be an actual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dawson as the baddie. Yeah. Um, yes, we all wanted that to be the. the I, I'm like, movie. please just make a full movie. It's like Katie Sackhoff as the Pink Ranger. Come on, yeah. Starbuck as the Pink Ranger. Yeah, it's like yes. I I do believe so. <laughs> so we we can't talk about these two things as far as the MCU, but I think we. It sounds like we all agree that the 1989 Dolph Lundgren movie had a better arc of a plot. Yeah, and than, I think and I think also I mean you you can sort of speak to this better than I can obviously, but because um, this is the, yours is loosely based on Garth Ennis thing, right? Yes, which is oh that's the other thing it, the characters the ba- the baddies that did show up from the comics like uh, specifically I'm thinking of the Russian because the Russian when yeah. he came in I'm like that looks like such a Garth Ennis wait a minute that uh, is a Garth a Ennis character. For a second I thought it was a CGI character. Yeah, because he was so he just everything was so dark in that film yeah. and he comes in and. Bright orange blonde hair and, and a red and white bright, shirt. And, right, yeah, like and, right off a of Carnival Cruise. Yes. And I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and also every single shot of Frank in his apartment. His Frank's apartment has like no electricity except for the fan behind him yeah. and the fridge. It's right, it's, it's right out of like Brazil, but like with the lights turned yes. down. He goes right from the bright lights of Puerto Rico to like brood apartment, like yeah. tenant one. Which doesn't know, make any sense because when he goes, like the hallway has got more light than this guy's apartment. Yeah, it's like, so well, it's, just sleep in the hallway, man. Exactly. Like, how can you read in there? <laughs> the baddies that showed up were definitely from the Garth Ennis run. That was definitely what they were going for. Would you tell people to read the Garth Ennis run. I would tell them to read the Garth Ennis run. I would also tell them, as I would tell them about the boys, that it is violent in a very similar way. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair point, fair point. I was going to say the boys is more violent, but actually, no, I think they're equally as violent. And would I tell them to read the comic instead of watching this movie? Maybe. <laughs> yes, yes, you can say yes. I think that people should watch the Dolph 
longer movie. If you if you want, it's only an hour and a half, and it's 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 got this yeah, weird this sense of humor to it. This one should have been this is over two hours. I, this yeah. is all I'm gonna say. I'll is, say this: Dolph apparently was in character the whole time. Oh, even when the camera was not running. Yeah. He, and he lost a bunch of weight, and he did all this stuff. He took it very seriously. Well, clearly uh, because butt I mean, crack. Well, I, but, did, yeah. I did the same for my upcoming Punisher movie that I'm starring in. So that is no big feat. Can't, can't wait! Can't wait to see that crack. It's gonna, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be something. <laughs> but but I'm gonna say this. Not only that, I would highly recommend um, uh, Stephen Grant is sort of this guy who uh, wrote a couple of really interesting arcs of the Punisher, and uh, the one that I mentioned is uh, Circle of Blood, which I do think is a loose thing, but it's different enough that I think you'd get kind of another interesting story. And another story that I, I was trying to figure out if I was going to try and make a movie from this era, like in that kind of style of that time, that late 1980s action kind of movie. Um, there's another story he did, a graphic novel called um, Return to Big Nothing, which is another Punisher story that's all about his time in Nam. But that's a, but that's a standalone it is, but it's great, and you yeah. can you, you could make a hell of a movie out of it. Yeah. I really would think it'd be really good. So if you watch the Dolph Lundgren movie and you're like, "Oh, I actually didn't hate this. This is kind of fun in places," I would say read some of the Stephen Grant stuff. Definitely read um, Circle of Bow, which is kind of what kicks it all off, and Return to Big Nothing is really great too. Yeah, the Garth and the entire Garth Ennis run is all like, and I feel like there's seven volumes. Don't quote me on that. Um, it it's all. I'm giving you less to read. You're welcome. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what I'm saying. I'm like, gonna if give you're gonna... you nothing to read. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm or gonna say, watch. or yeah, I'm gonna say, yep, this was a movie, um, and that's what I'm gonna say. This was something I watched. Um, <laughs> so I think, for me personally, um, cinematically at least, um, I, I think comics. He, he's he he works in comics, and and definitely, if, if you like Punisher, you know, I think he's he so far works best in comics. Yeah, for me, I like this character cinematically when he's paired with other comic book characters that's how he yeah, works like best. you liked him better with like, like, daredevil like when he's stuff. got daredevil on the roof taken right from a comic you know and they have a, an argument about ethics or whatever right. else when like, punisher you're is one a foil, bad day away from being me yeah when he's oh, a yeah. foil for other comic book characters to deal with and he's a force of nature to be reckoned with i find Kingpin. that yeah and like and 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 challenging used as as a as a an extreme for the other heroes to kind of question themselves. Yeah. As in terms of a solo cinematic thing by himself, that's just not as interesting for me. I, I, I there's and also there the, must be a way. It's I also just, think this movie, if specifically when we watched 2004, when it just doesn't hold up. Oh it's God! Just one it's, of those. It it didn't. And I'm like, even I'm thinking back to to back when I was young, um, <laughs> in the days of the Shire in 2004. I was like, I because I, I didn't watch this in theaters, you know, but I was. Um, I was aware that it had come and gone, and I didn't see it. But I'll tell you, for two thousand eight, so I don't imagine it was it aged well for twenty to two thousand four. In twenty nineteen, it has really aged worse than the yeah. candle I just left out in the sun. You know it's what? Like- <laughs> we got one more to go through, so yeah. I want to thank you both for joining me and I, this turned into a really good discussion we were, we were i was kind of worried in the beginning i'm like they didn't watch the movie what are we gonna do but it actually worked because it looks like we're gonna want to watch your version of punisher yeah. which is truly the first version that came out in 1989 that's right i was I, one. I didn't follow the rules but i'm still technically correct <laughs> 
Yes. You were right, Danny. It's okay. Uh. And <laughs> thank, thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. Please stay tuned for the next episode. And make sure you rate, review, subscribe, and join us tomorrow when we unpack Punisher Warzone. Bye-bye. Just want my kids back. <laughs>